0: you're listening to comedy central
1: here's another episode of insult comedy for your ear canal along with the reminder that hey next week we're gonna be at south by southwest in austin march 14th we're gonna be at cb live in phoenix uh moses just texted me he said we're damn near sold out i i predicted it i said look this show is probably going to sell out. I, I strongly encourage if you're looking for a good time, you can go to roastbattle.com. Click on the touring link and I'm to take you to all of our shows. Not just going to Phoenix, man. We're going to be in Houston. We're going to be in Nashville. We're going to North Carolina, South Carolina. We're going to be all over the place. So if you're interested in what we do and, and having some fun with us, then, then please go to roastbattle.com. Click around and, and get some information to that. We also have some not so exciting news. A good friend of the Los Angeles comedy community has passed recently. His name is Steven Brody Stevens. Uh, Mr. Brody often appeared judging and having a good time at the roast battle. It would be insensitive not to say anything. So we invited Jeff Ross back on to help us show respect to somebody who's meant so much to so many comedians. Please enjoy the episode. Please enjoy your life. And no matter what happens, don't you ever forget to make time to laugh.
2: It's Tuesday night in the Belly Room. It's Roast Battle Night. Are you ready for Roast Battle? Make some noise, motherfuckers! Bam! Your referee, Brian, motherfucking Moser!
3: <laughs> ah, why we stop? Why we stop chanting? Battle! Battle!
2: battle. Come on! Battle! Battle! Eight one eight till I die! Yeah!
3: Thank you, chant master. Keep it going for Coach T in the back. <laughs> That's the chant master Josh Meyer. What's we'll that hi to the chant Master audience? Uh we lost a buddy, didn't we, Jeff?
2: I'm still in denial, but shout out to Brody Stevens. Yeah. Yes. 818. 818.
1: 818, 818.
2: Brody was a legend around here. Brody used to challenge Don Barris to roast battles every week up on the judges' stand. And then they would never agree to a mutual date so that they could make fun of each other just every week. I'm going to
3: miss that dude, man. I'm going
2: to miss that guy a lot.
3: This one hurts. Uh, Let's
2: let's dedicate tonight's show to Brody, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's painful to talk about, but that's why I think tonight's, for me at least, tonight's roast battle, being here with all my friends, is extra cathartic. I got friends battling. I got friends judging. I got all... Autistic Thunder is here tonight. Not a friend. Not a
3: friend. But, but none of this would be possible <laughs> without
2: Brian motherfucking Moses. Oh, come on. Rain or shine. Brody. I'm gonna rain, or shine, rain or shine. Oh, rain or shine. Rain or shine. Shooting or no shooting. Jet lag or no jet lag. <laughs> Brody or no Brody. You are fucking here every week, buddy. So I'm shout out yeah. to you.
3: I'm going to die here. It's going to be great. Welcome to Welcome to the Rust Battle Podcast. I'm joined by Coach T. What's going on, Pat Barker? Hey, what's up, man? And uh, we want to give a special goodbye to our good friend and judge, uh, Brody Stephen Brody Stevens. Push and believe. Enjoy it. Magnets. Apple cider vinegar. There's so many Brodyisms we can name, uh, but there's a podcast, so we're not going to shut the fuck up about it. We're going to talk the whole episode about it. Uh, actually, first, let's, the birthday boys in the house. Say hi to the hardest-throwing comedian in comedy. That's Brody Stevens. Yay! Steven. Yay! Steven. Brody. Thank you. Two. Stevens. Two. Check. 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 Yes.
4: I, did, I have a nasal drip, so I need to help with the mic. Uh, it's great to be here. I'll be in. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, it's my birthday. I was born at 5.30 p.m. in Panorama City, 1970.
0: And right by the Inland Empire. You got it.
4: Well, it's actually off Van Nuys and Parthenia, right there. But and then once I was out of the incubator, we went to Simi Valley. So I lived in Simi Valley for three years. Bottom line is, I'm from this area. I get it. Uh, I was born, Enjoy it. I was born Jewish, raised Gemini. It's year of the dog, by the way. I am a year of the dog every 12 years. I was born in year of the dog. So, guys, thank you very much. I'm excited to. Uh, watch no,
3: no, no. It. Keep going. Keep, Keep going, going Roddy. Brody Stevens, only baby to be lost at Magic Mountain. You got it.
4: <laughs> yes. Okay. Keeping
3: over Brody Stevens. Yes. I'll
4: be in Chicago. I have to work with the Cubs. They need a Darvish, needs some guidance. So, I mean, this is all true back channel. Stretch information. Brody Stretch. Yes.
1: Keep stretching, buddy. So I,
4: I will stretch like Lee Smith warming up for Bruce Sutter. Inside information. Oh, they get that. They get that. Thank you. That. Thank, all right, you well, thank you, Brian. I'm excited to be here at Rose Battle. I I parked in the pay lot tonight. We only have
3: 15 minutes left, Brody. Thank you.
4: Well, you know, thank you very I'm much. I'm Let's kidding. I'm
3: kidding. Brody, it's his birthday, everybody. It's his birthday. We love him. You know him more as a comedian. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a major mentor to a lot of the um, the comedy store guys, because his home club was the other comedy store, and I started as a door guy, and uh, he would always call the club, you know, just to call to check up on the club, which is a weird thing, too. Uh, and, yeah, if you didn't say your name, he would call back and make sure you said your name. That was, like, a big thing he said, and he'd be like, well, why do you think I get booked? Why do you think they know Steven Brody Stevens? I'm like, they know not use Brody whatever but <laughs> you should always say your name the way people know and he was just always kind of like that was his thing but I, yeah I saw the guy three to five times a week for nine years so uh it, it's interesting because yeah he he had a hard time living he had like an anxiety of living as uh, our friend uh, Sarah Silverman would say and so when it happened I think my first reaction was did you hear about Brody and I said did he kill himself and then somebody said well how did you know I was like oh shit because that's, that's what you, yeah, that's ultimately probably what you thought when you thought, did you hear about Brody? It was never
1: like, did, you, well, did he kill? It was like, did he kill himself? Got gotcha. you. So why, why does this one matter to the comedy community so much? Brody was a living legend.
3: I mean, he was an, he was an, an alternative comedy living legend. He was constantly just, he, was, he inspired a lot of people to, do, to be fearless. He was mm-hmm. a really fearless comic in that sense but he was also trying to uh, be as transparent as possible but still like you know giving old jokes and then he even like break the fourth wall a lot you know like it reminds you of oh, uh yeah, yeah if that. yeah if like Gary Shandling was Jamar Neighbors ah, you know, I know mean, what I mean I like so, that. yeah because it's he's still Jewish and erotic uh-huh. but he's fearless like, mm. Brody would not say any, anything, and he had great, well-written jokes, and he would challenge the audience a lot, so he was, you learned a lot watching Brody. Just as a comic, you're like, God, I wanna be like that. Maybe not so much just like Brody, but you took elements of Brody of just, I mean, he would even say it's just like I should be killing on cadence alone. I mean,
1: <laughs> that's breaking the
3: fourth wall. You know what I mean? You're just is that like where it, Tony gets it from. Yes. <laughs> though, by the <laughs> way, yes. Like that. That's he's a major influence on Tom, on on Tony's comedy on a lot of guys. You know, you okay. wouldn't even know. Yeah, a lot of the door, a lot of comedy store door guys. You'll see. I mean, even Jamar neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll see it a lot. So I, Jamar even says he's like I learned a lot from Brody. Your first man event is a lot of fun. Uh, this lady coming to the stage from Denver, Colorado, she's a fucking monster. And that's not physically. I mean, in this fucking arena, she's a monster. Please make love for Heather Maruli. Everybody, this is Heather Maruli. Say hi. Yeah. Heather, all black tonight.
5: Yeah. Why are you battling Dan Nolan? Uh, well, my therapist said that I need to stop fucking addicts, but I feel like I can just fuck one verbally instead.
3: Yeah. I yeah. dig that. <laughs> All right, this guy is a, an ex-junkie. He's one of our favorites. Uh, he's been all across the country. He's homeless. He's disgusting. Make a
4: laugh Jared, Dan Nolan! Dan's not homeless. Yeah, I live with Frank. Is that Kurt Braunholer?
0: <laughs> I live in Frank's living room.
3: All right, good banter, you two. Uh, could
0: you, you, you put battle- your hat up any higher? You're battling Heather. Why are
3: you battling Heather here? Sorry, good job.
0: What? Oh, uh Heather's ex-boyfriend actually died of a drug overdose, so I thought this would be a good opportunity to show that I'm better than both of them.
3: That that deserves a lot more, actually. That is, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, Byron squad, who don't you like in this?
4: I, I'm. You know what? I think uh, I like Dan's confidence. I've seen him before. I I just added you today hey, on I Twitter, but you, you. weren't gonna, following me follow anyway. So, but uh, I kind of respect that. Yeah. When I saw that Dan when I saw that Dan wasn't following me, I go, I gotta uh, he's gonna do a good job. So I think Dan has a chance
3: to crush. All right, thank or you, Dan's well. father. All right, you two, it's one round of five jokes. Who's going first?
0: Uh, okay.
3: Ooh, you're a gentleman. All right, everybody. Heather, Daniel, are we ready? Yeah. When I ask, you have to be louder than that. I think everybody on stage is over yeah. six foot five. There he is. Champ Master. Let's do it. Bad-o- bad-o- bad-o-
1: bad-o- 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 bad-o-
6: bad-o-
5: You're bad-o- losing weight, Josh. <laughs> Dan looks like he would have to catch his breath while raping you. Oh. Yo. Oh
6: okay.
5: can see that
0: happening? Heather was in an abusive relationship with a guy and she stayed in it for years because he kept saying he was going to give her a knuckle sandwich.
5: (laughs) Dan's favorite movies are the ones he watches through holes he drills in motel room walls.
0: Like to take a second to compliment Heather on her stand-up, but I can't because it is not good.
5: That's a, that was a high. Actually, cool. pretty good. It's a, uh, <laughs> uh, Dan has tried to have sex with me so many times I can't count, and neither can he because he's fucking retarded.
0: Aggressive. All right, look, I'm not gonna lie. I have tried to bang Heather before. I don't care. I'll fuck anything that moves. <laughs> oh my god!
4: Wow! That was a Chick-fil-A joke. Damn! Dad's gonna be living in my bedroom after that. Oh my god! That was a salsa ad. Stay calm. (laughs) Settle. Settle.
5: It's true because Dan looks like he wants to make America rape again.
4: We've all been there.
0: Look, Heather's actually a pretty good comic if you need somebody to open. A jar of pickles.
4: Hillary Clinton on Jimmy Kimmel.
5: (laughs) Dan keeps a list of women he sleeps with. Sounds stupid, but in AA, you're supposed to keep a list of people you need to apologize to.
0: (laughs) Heather makes all the guys she fucks wear flavored condoms. Their ribs for her pleasure. I
3: like it. <laughs> okay, no. that was outstanding. <laughs> Heather Maruli, <Bariri, laughs> Dan Nolan. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Wow, Dan. I'm gonna stay right here, that way you don't attack Dan for all the hateful Yo. and mean things he said to you.
7: Yeah, you know what's yeah. crazy? Yo, this was a great fucking battle, though. This they is amazing. This was a good jokes, battle. really good one.
3: Really like what we saw. It's a great fucking battle. I mean, Catch His Breath Around Raping, that was the greatest joke I'd ever heard, and then I heard all of Dan's jokes. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, that's just mean. I, I, thought, uh,
4: I, thought, I thought, I thought Heather did a good job hanging in there. I thought Dan was relentless. He was precision. It was like watching Jeffrey Dahmer do his thing. <laughs> Stay with me, guys.
3: Nobody's ever said that. Jeffrey Dahmer do
4: his thing. <laughs> but I did feel I did feel maybe you could have, you know, that maybe if you did one more personal I might have lost the audience, but it was right there then that last one at the end. Uh, it was it was good. Very impressed. I'm glad I started following you today. Thank to you that round <laughs> of Thank you. It's good nice. professional judging right there.
1: Hey, Jeff Ross is here. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> and excited to be here.
2: I am excited to be His here to see you guys, but you know, I think you're bringing me here under sad situation,
1: right? It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. It can be. Although I think that you have a unique... you wear I don't want to say you wear it well, but I think you... You had good energy. Like our first show back, I like the way you handled the crowd. I think someone moaned, and you did a good job of redirecting that. Moaned about Brody? Yeah.
2: You know, I mean, you're, the show must go on. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. Whether it's Roast Battle or the Roast Battle podcast or anything, you know, that's that's it. You know, no comic is bigger than the business, than show business. doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah. This one hurts deep.
1: It's tough, man. Yeah, this one's rocking. Uh...
2: Brody was a big part of Roast
1: Battle. Yeah, he came by regularly.
2: Yeah, someone just sent me a great picture of me holding him back from a fake fight against Don Barris. <laughs> they used to challenge each other to Roast Battles in the belly room in the early days of Roast Battle. And you know the, the running gag was that they wanted a roast battle to see who was the best warm-up comic in hollywood and then they would never agree on a date and that way every week they got to do the same bit again
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah i like brody's style he had a good he had a good way to clean up things he had a great delivery and he yeah. was
2: fun at the show because he didn't sound or act like anyone else
1: yeah i miss that guy yeah how long did you know too long too long
2: I know him since before he was funny. <laughs> I know him since the mid early to mid-90s. I'm not even sure he was a comic yet. He was just this weird hanger-on-the-scene type guy. Uh-huh. And I truly, and I never say this about anybody, I really hated him.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> he was
2: the worst person. Really? <laughs> <laughs> he was just- he was just, this You've amazing.
1: never said that by the way.
2: I never I said never said it about anybody. Yeah. Brody made me crazy. He was so fucking annoying. Really? When I first met him it was in the alt comedy scene in New York City. I was you know just starting to like get my confidence together as a stand-up and I started doing these storytelling shows. At rebar and surf reality no microphone no stage you would just tell a story from your life Mm -hmm. a true story I started accumulating stories about my family my parents and my grandfather and I eventually started to chain them together into a one-man show okay I called it take a banana for the ride it was mostly about my grandfather okay and I had no experience acting or playwriting. I only knew from stand-up, and I hadn't had much success in that either. And, you know, I was making a living, but this was definitely a departure for me. And I was piecing these stories together in hopes of showcasing it for the comedy festival, the HBO Aspen Comedy Festival. And... First couple of my run through shows Brody was just this tall lurking guy who would distract me in the audience. He was fidgety. <laughs> he would laugh at weird times. He <laughs> was just a big distraction. And finally I said, "Hey man, I don't, you know, I didn't really know him, but I was like, um you know, he'd always come up to me after the show, talk to me about it or whatever, but he wished me luck on the big showcase and I said, "Hey, do you mind not coming?" <laughs> or if you come, can you just stay in the back? Because you're, I find you very distracting. And he's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. There it is, the big night. I walk out. And this wasn't a show where I could improvise. I came out and I had a set speech, like okay. a play. All right. So you were in it. You were in it for the whole thing. I had to memorize it. I had to act it. Had the emotions had to be right. Hmm. And I walk out there on the big night. HBO's there watching me. And Brody is front and center, (laughs) as close as you guys are to me right now. Uh And I can't even acknowledge it. I have to just plow through and do my play. Uh And he is just fidgeting around and laughing at the setups, not the punchlines, and throwing (laughs) my whole game off. And I just want to fucking go, dude! (laughs)
1: i asked you not to
2: what why of all the seats (laughs) and he just afterwards he said oh that was the only seat left i was late i couldn't miss it and i was just like oh this fucking weirdo (laughs) and i really he was just this weird toxic annoying extra in my life didn't even know his name Oh, yeah? He's just some guy. <laughs> hey, our last battle of the evening. Are we ready for it? Yeah! All
3: right. This next person is a notary. She wins a lot of these battles. She's a regular at the Westside Comedy Theater. Please make a laugh for Galena. Romina. Those are great jeans. Thank you, Brody. I fucking... Not you, Moses. Oh, Thank the... you, Brody. Very nice jeans. I like it.
4: Appreciate it. I'm excited to hear your story.
3: Galina, how, heavy, why, uh, how heavy is he? You're battling. You're battling Joe yeah. what Why do you want to go to it's hell? Good, it's a good workout.
8: Uh, Joe's. He's an interesting person. Like he does comedy. He's a painter. He writes poetry. And even if I hurt his feelings, it'll just be from the neck up.
4: Oh. Oh wow.
3: Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, were you in that mass shooting in Vegas? Oh, I'm kidding. Shut up! It's the only time I can do that. Jesus Christ! Classless, Brian. <laughs> You're right. Everybody from Long Beach, California, please make up for Joe Yarrell. Uh, why are you battling with Galena? Why'd you say yes to this one?
9: Oh well, I, well, I battled Galena because by the looks of Charlottesville, Roasting dudes is coming back.
0: It's a good Charlottesville joke. <laughs> Joey all everybody.
3: All right, Byron Squad. Who do you want to see winning this one? Because I want to go to heaven. I'm going to go for him.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I love Strong Joe. Move. Joe's a great battler, and also Galena's amazing, too. This is like Camel Toe versus I Can't Feel My Toes. <laughs> I was worried about that
3: joke. I didn't think you would get it all out because of the language barrier, but you really did it. You Thank
7: know? you, guys. I still check IDs.
3: Uh... <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I want
4: to see some Latino on Latino crime. Let's do it. Let's get this thing going. America needs us. I need this tonight. So Chris Fonseca, let's... Uh...
1: what's that
3: alright here we go uh, is that Joe Sib alright Joe a... alright let's get into this thing Galena Joe last battle of the night fucking make it last and we fucking break this bitch there it is still too polite let's do
8: this Joe's got a tattoo of a four leaf clover that's one leaf for each limb that doesn't work
4: but he's got five
8: Galena duck
9: so much cocaine, she gets her period through her nose.
10: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yep. Oh yeah.
7: Yo it's
4: crystal clear.
8: You guys at uh... Joe has a comedy album called Human Luggage. It's 60 minutes of him struggling with a zipper.
9: Thank you. Uh, Human Luggage. Uh, uh, Speaking of pants, uh, Galena went shit her pants during a job interview. It's cool though, she didn't cover the smell of her cunt.
4: <laughs> a lot of senses there. <laughs> I mean, who's lower? <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh... Joe's an excellent painter. His favorite medium is drool. <laughs> thank, thank you, Polly
9: Pocket Pussy. Yeah. Uh. You're welcome, Kane and
8: Disabled.
4: Whoa, oh, break it up, guys. Break it up.
9: it's uh, you know, very petite, but, you know... The later it's putsy, it's like a ross and nesting doll. You wouldn't think something so small could be so hollowed out.
4: That joke was hollowed out.
8: Speaking of bodies, Joe's got the arms of a T-Rex and the DNA of something that should be extinct.
9: Well, well, you know, you know, my DNA is not really relevant because I'm adopted. Um, um, g- g- g-
4: I have no idea why.
9: G- g- Galena's parents were actually divorced twice because they couldn't agree on aborting her once.
4: Well, our brothers had the same problem.
8: You guys, Joe shared some of his poetry with me, so I also wrote him a poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. Joe's great at roasting, but he's still retarded.
9: Little stumble there. Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, Galena's much like a joke. Galita's comedy its like the 2016 election interference. Everyone's sick of hearing it and uh, it all starts with a Russian hack.
4: <laughs> <coughs> what happened there? What the Let's do one more, <Neptuno> one more joke. One more joke! One more joke! <laughs> one more joke! One more joke!
8: joke. Joe, I haven't seen biceps like that since I got an abortion.
4: He's in the third tricep mess. Okay, go. (laughs) Tricep or Something there.
9: Are you the are you are you youtubing this? Um, anyway, uh, anyway, uh, Galena's like the Lamborghini seat cells. Uh, speaking of, yeah, Galena's like the Lamborghini seat cells. Uh, overpriced gyro trouts filled by middle aged men.
4: No credit check. There
3: it is Galena Ravina.
6: Joe, you're out. Wow. Saudi Prince. Yo, Saudi Prince is finally in the house, mother bitches. Ooh. Saudi. Oh my God. It's the last battle, Saudi. You're lucky I'm even fucking here, man. That's true. I am lucky you're here. You, you know how fucking traffic is from Vegas this time, <laughs> time of night. I knew it. <laughs> It was a fucking pain in the ass. Well, what do you think about this battle? Uh, Oh, I I didn't realize this was a battle. I just thought this was uh, two people with disabilities, uh, physical. It looks like a strip club in the afternoon. I don't know what's... (laughs) (laughs) Who's the stripper? I mean, what's happening? He looks like the guy in the front row pretending she's a housekeeper, and she looks like she could be the housekeeper or the stripper. I don't know which one... I mean it, it was I mean for what it was I mean I really liked Steve Buscemi's leftover chromosomes and I
4: crossed the line but
6: uh, I mean if I had to vote I, I don't like her speaking in public but right. she does look like Selena Gomez's reflection in a heroin spoon so Asadi Prince
3: that's that is the Kevin Durant of hatred right there shit sure. Byron Squad who do you like in this one?
4: I thought uh, Joe was fairly consistent. He had some strong, solid jokes. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, when you are coming up here, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I thought like a keyboard was gonna come out. But...
3: Brody! What? Steven Brody,
4: Steven. But I thought, I thought you really, you nailed the jokes pretty hard. And I thought Galena was a good sport. I think uh, you may have a you know, future uh, caretaker right there with you. Oh, my right God, there. Brody. <laughs> She'll change a colostomy bag. That's a good girl. But I have to, I, I'm going to give it to Joe for uh, doing a pretty solid job. Galena, just edged out Galena. Though. All right.
3: Well, I'm into Russian
4: girls, though, you know.
1: Uh, well, everybody voted Ancestor. for Galena but you. So that means
3: oh, Galena's did. Did. your up.
1: winner. Yeah! So how did the transition go from you, uh, you know, feeling that way to having such affection for him?
2: It's interesting. I'm not completely sure. The la- and then I forgot about him. Uh huh. And then maybe decades later, a decade or decade and a half later, I'm in L.A. and again, he's just this guy that I would see around, and he was funny. He got better. Maybe mm. I got more confident. Maybe I became more, uh, you know, generous in my in my encounters with him, but I think it really just became where he evolved into somebody you could actually be around and talk to. And I went from really despising this guy, and I don't really say that about anybody. I was going to say, yeah, I've never, I've never, heard never
7: heard seen you have this a is... bad word about anybody. This is crazy.
2: It evolved into a, in such a way that I not only loved him, I needed him. Really? Like when I started to get my own show, The Burn here on Comedy Central i i I requested i I really needed Brody. I wanted Brody to be my guy uh-huh. the guy who warms him up the most important job on the show. make sure the crowd's ready. <coughs> make sure I'm ready uh-huh. And Brody wound up being this fun person that kind of took a lot of the tension out of performing for me
1: so so now you said that. Brody was a, a warm-up mic, so P, or a warm-up comic. So people don't understand what that is. Like, like, describe that and describe how he was great at it. Well, you
2: know, Brody was a headliner, let's uh-huh. be clear. Brody could go on the road and do great, and he had an act. And he, uh-huh. he, but he also had a, the type of act that was interactive. He worked the audience a lot. He could talk to the audience as himself. Uh-huh. He didn't have to put on any character, any air. He was very real up mm-hmm. there. So it also made him a great warm-up comedian, meaning if you're doing a TV show and you need the audience to act a certain way, in other words, clap for the commercial breaks uh-huh. and when the guest star comes out, <coughs> you know, clap for that and and maybe at certain points in the night there's a lull, there's a set change or yeah. there's a technical difficulty and you need somebody that can improvise in the moment. And also mm-hmm. explain to the audience what's happening. Now they're not a savvy, they're not they're not a show business audience. They're just fans of mm-hmm. comedy. So they, they want to be kept in the loop. They want to feel like they know what they're at. Yeah, they're at a taping. They want to know that they're at something that not many people could get to. And Brody was great at hyping that up, every making people feel included, um, and making sure that they were at peak laugh mode. Mm. when I came out on The Burn or Chelsea Handler came out on her show, um, Best Damn Sports Show on Fox. Mm. Brody warmed up some great shows that lasted for years. I mean, he was very reliable in that way.
3: Mm. All right, last battle. Uh, okay, he's coming up right now, actually. Love this cat from Long Beach. He's Mexican. He's in a wheelchair. He's been on season two of Roast Battle. Please make a laugh for Greg Rock.
2: He's got a pit crew. That's pretty good, (laughs) Brody. Greg the Rock. You know he's had those shoes for seven years, he's just never used them.
7: (laughs) They're very clean. So clean. They're very clean. You've had that joke for seven years, and that's the first time you use it.
4: Oh, Oh, slam! You don't mess with that guy.
3: That's how you do it. That's how he does it! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. Gregory...
7: Welcome back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. You're battling Nicole Buchanan? Why Nicole? Who called who out? Uh, I called her out. Why'd you call her out? I don't know. I mean, like, she's dated a junkie. I mean, every guy she's dated has cheated on her. She's suicidal. She's generally unloved. I mean, it's hard to find someone who's a bigger tragedy than me.
3: (laughs) Well done. Well done. Hey! UCLA graduate, she dated Dan Nolan, she's here now. Please make a laugh for Nicole Buchanan! Who's Dan Nolan? No one knows who the fuck that is.
4: Oh I'm excited, God. um... got... Hey, he's, he's excited to be here, um... It's like the guy from Speechless versus uh, Will & Grace. You um, got e- it! Oh, guys, you know what? These are classic bits. <laughs> Let's get this thing going, we've got, we got African-American, we got handicapped, we got women, let's do this.
3: Are we ready for the last battle of the night? Yeah, yes are we, we are. Are we ready for the last battle of the night?
7: Let's do it! Nicole, Greg, let Good job, Moses. Yeah. Nicole's a Bruin, but her pussy has seen a lot of Trojans. Topical
10: uh, Greg is six feet tall And two feet short of functioning
7: <laughs> oh, Nicole you're so pure and white It's no wonder you get abused by junkies
9: <gasps> Ouch
10: I did fuck a junkie. We've all fucked regrettable people. Greg's just jealous he uh, can't actually do the walk of shame.
4: Yeah, yeah
7: I mean, you're right, Nicole. It, it, you know, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. It's hard for me to t- what It's hard for me to tell when, t- when I have boners, but luckily, when I look at you, I know that I don't.
10: I get a lot of ugly jokes. (laughs) 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 We can't all be like Greg, you know, you have the face of an actor and the body of his really bad stunt double.
7: You know, Nicole's really into politics. She identifies as left wing because no one swipes right.
10: Greg's also really into politics, which is weird, because I didn't know he stood for anything.
8: Wow.
4: Political in the moment.
7: Yes, Nicole, we get it. I'm in a wheelchair, but it looks like you have more roles. Um, Nicole tried to overdose on pills, but judging by her body, they weren't diet pills. low blow
1: Uh,
10: Greg I know you had your glory days with wrestling and all but you can't look back literally you can't look back your neck's broken bitch (laughs) that's it that's That's fucking
3: it oh man keep it going Nicole, Greg way too much fun holy shit all right, Byron squad. It's on you. Who do you like? Nicole, you crushed
4: him. It was like Ronda Rousey versus uh, Stephen Hawking. It was. Uh, I mean, I think you should just take his wheelchair. I mean, uh, that's not how the he's game got. Works, he's though. got guys. They can carry him out. Mm-hmm. Carry him out on their shoulders. It's like he won. No, I thought.
10: Someone over there was like, "I hope he doesn't fuck your jokes over and show up without the wheelchair." <laughs>
4: Is that an automatic or a manual? <laughs> oh
10: god, one too
4: much. I thought it was. It was a. I like. I liked. I liked uh, it was. It was good. What's your name? Uh, Rich. Greg. Greg. Greg.
3: Rich.
2: That's
4: Greg. Good. How city would that be if you were in a wheelchair and had the name Wrench? <laughs> 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 I thought it was good. Nicole, uh, you, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, good job, Nicole. I had to go with Nicole. It was, uh, it was brutal. It was, it was hard to watch. No, it was, yeah, you're probably going to go to hell. Say hello to the shooter from Texas. All right. Uh, oh, give me a break.
2: Like, I, I'm Jewish. Back off. I'll sue you. Legal Zoom. Legal Zoom? That's great. Prodi was a very unique person. Very unique. Comic, Um, I can't tell you three of, I can't tell you one of Jerry Seinfeld's jokes. Uh (coughs) I could kind of imitate maybe one or two Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle jokes. Those are my favorite comics. Mm. But Brody, I guess you could say he's one of my favorites because I could rattle off 10 of his jokes. Right. (laughs) He was memorable. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brody made an impact in that he was—he was almost like it was good that he went on last a lot at the comedy store because he was sort of the goodie bag, the take-home bag. Hmm. You, know, did, wh- I would leave, you know, I would leave—you know—you would leave the show and you would—you would just know his jokes and his his cadence and his catchphrases. Eight one eight for life. Yeah. He has my favorite joke of all time about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, I saw that they have a Nickelback tour jacket in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did you know that, Coach? I did not know that. It's in the
1: Lost and Found.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a great joke. Do you have any advice for people who who lose close ones and how they kind of move on? Because I think in the industry, <sighs> you got some experience with this.
2: The thing about Brody that's troubling and I see a lot of the newer or younger comedians really blown away by this. Yeah. Because if, I guess in the thinking is, you know, we all, have, we all have our issues, our demons, our depression. But if Brody was always the sort of example of pushing through, mm. you know, when I was starting out, Richard Lewis was the comic who talked about his depression and his manic behavior. And he talked about, you know— uh, the, he was the prince of darkness. He used his yeah. his craziness, if you will, to fuel his comedy. He turned the dark into light. He made something beautiful out of his mishigas, we say, his troubles, his craziness. So you figured, all right, well, that's, that saves him. You know, here's a uh-huh. depressed guy who used his comedy, not only saved his own life, but he brought so much happiness to his fans and everybody who got to see him on uh, on TV and, and and live. I saw him at, at Carnegie Hall when I was starting out. It was it really blew me away. It was uh-huh. like wow, that's that's how you do it. And then with Brody, I figured same thing. Here's a guy talking about mm-hmm. his medications on stage, his depression. He made an entire TV series about An episode he had, a a mental breakdown. I don't know what the proper terminology is, but he turned this awful experience, this this sadness, into his biggest moment Mm -hmm. as an entertainer. He had his series here on Comedy Central called Enjoy It. I highly recommend it. It's still up. You can find it. Yeah. A lot of great comics on it. Zach Galifianakis is his co-star. It's really fun. So I think a lot of young people saw that and said, "Well, you know, Brody, he's the king of of depression of of, but yet he makes it something funny." And here he is, forty eight years old. You know, uh, beloved. He walked through the hallway at the comedy store, nothing yeah, but high lo- fives. Yeah,
1: he had a lot of love. Yeah,
2: had a lot of people rooting for him and. Had a lot of fans and and from where most comics are sitting, this is a guy who's got it all. Mm -hmm. He's got a following. Yeah. He's got steady spots at the comedy store. Occasionally he crops up in a movie or a sketch or you know, he's on he's on, on different shows all the time. I remember when somebody had a cancel on the burn. Brody was the warm up guy, filled in. Uh-huh. Now he's up there with Chelsea Peretti and Amy Schumer, crushing huh he was he was amazing. Brody was amazing, so I think when when Brody takes his own life the way he did suddenly, impulsively, I think um it makes a lot of people go, "Whoa, maybe I can't push through, maybe I am oh, maybe i, I am, maybe I am." following in his footsteps. Yes, great job everybody.
4: Another roast battle in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
8: yeah,
6: yeah. It's a good show.